success by worshiping the lord with one's own duty meaning performance of one's duty in the spirit of worshiping god brings about siddhi brings about success in the form of antaha shuddhi in the form of the purification of mind in the form of the yogyata the fitness to gain the knowledge or fitness to gain the abidance in knowledge <coughs> What does knowledge do? When one when gains abidance in knowledge, then that becomes a means for moksha. What is abidance in knowledge? Abidance in or owning up the fact about myself that I am Brahman, that I am a complete being, that I am free. I am the nature of happiness. This is a fact about me. Recognizing this fact, owning up this fact, this is called <coughs> abidance in knowledge. and that releases me from all sense of sadness so when i discover myself to be happy being when i discover myself to be complete as i am then naturally there is no cause for sadness at all because the only thing that makes me sad is to see myself incomplete or inadequate or not up to the mark so whenever i find that i am not up to my own expectation that fact makes me that that makes me sad when i discover that I'm satmaniya atmana tushtah I am quite satisfactory to myself that I am what I am seeking to be when I see this there's a complete satisfaction with myself and therefore when I am completely satisfied with myself nobody can make me dissatisfied as in the sthita prajna here how in the conditions which are judged by other people as pleasant or unpleasant 
he maintains, you know, an abidance in himself because he is not provoked in any way. No situation provokes him and therefore he sees no need to react to any situation. He always abides in himself because quite satisfied with himself by himself and no other situation makes him dissatisfied of himself. The idea is that whenever a situation creates in me the sense that I am not alright, if an outer happening is somehow able to create in me this judgment or conclusion that I am not alright, that's what the world does, creates in me the sense that you are not alright. So by treating me in a certain way, they manage to create this feeling in me that there is something wrong with you, that you are not alright. And that's why I get upset. I think that I get upset at this person or this thing, but in fact I get upset with the fact that I am not alright and somebody makes me, manages to do that to me, that's all. Somebody manages to create this feeling in me that I am inadequate, I am not alright. And that is why I feel unhappy, I feel sad. The only cause of unhappiness or sadness in the life of human being is to discover that I am not what I want to be, I am not alright, I do not meet with my own expectations. <coughs> And this goes away. That I find that I'm unconditionally good. I'm unconditionally alright and therefore no change in conditions outside can create, can shake me from this conviction about myself. <clears throat> Thus having that unshakable conviction is called abidance in knowledge. That my conviction that I am fine and that conviction comes when I discover that everything is fine also. Because in some way I am always related to everything and therefore everything is not fine, I cannot be fine. Thus I can see in whatever there is that everything is fine, everything is in order and that I am also in order. When there is that unshakable conviction, that clarity is there, then that is what we call the freedom, that is called moksha. Moksha is a total freedom from any sadness. And that comes from total freedom from any self-rejection. And that comes from discovering that I am acceptable to me, I am satisfactory to me, I am all right as I am. <coughs> so there is moksha. So karma yoga brings about the result of karma yoga is what we call vividisha sannyasa. I mean whatever that means, sannyasa means a, a, the, the sattvic mind. The mind that is free from rajas and tamas, free from the impurities of raga and dvesha, that is the fruit of karma yoga. So that is written as vividisha sannyasa. This is a certain state of mind, which is what we call antahakar shuddhi, a state of mind enjoying a purity, contemplativeness, objectivity, sattvicness. And the result of that vividisha sannyasa is vidvat sannyasa. That is the moksha of the total freedom. <coughs> Thus two siddhis, becoming a sannyasi is one siddhi and becoming muk, ultimate sannyasi is another siddhi. Sannyasa is a siddhi, but the sannyasa is recognized in two stages. One is what we call the sannyasa, wherein there is now the desire and commitment for knowledge. An ultimate level of sannyasa where there is knowledge and abidance in knowledge. <coughs> All of these have been stated. In fact, Lord Krishna has said whatever needs to be said. Now why are we continuing? So that's a Bhagavad Bhakti Yoga. That Karma Yoga itself is Bhagavad Bhakti Yoga. Karma Yoga is the Yoga of worshipping Lord. Except that the word worship, 
has a very broad meaning. Whereas conventionally worship is understood to be something done with reference to a particular deity. Some names chanted, some offerings made, some particular actions performed which are generally equated to worship. Lord Krishna gave a very broad meaning to that worship that any action can become worship of the Lord because Lord is everywhere and everything. That being the case, Karma Yoga is nothing but the Bhakti Yoga. Sab Bhagavad Bhakti Yoga hai. So, Shankaraja calls Karma Yoga as Bhagavad Bhakti Yoga hai, meaning the Yoga of worshipping the Lord. Adhunas Tuyate, that Karma Yoga is again praised here, extolled here, now in the subsequent verses. Shastrartha Upasamhara Prakarane. So now the Lord is concluding the whole Shastra. The Gita Shastra is now being concluded. And in conclusion, law wants to bring a very important thing that has been taught. So this 18th chapter is a summary of the teaching of Bhagavad Gita. And now summarizing the, now concluding the 18th chapter itself, Lord Krishna wants to state the most important thing that has been stated. And Karma Yoga or Bhakti Yoga is one of the most important things. And therefore, Stuyate, that is being extolled here, praised here. In conclusion of this scripture, Bhagavad Gita, Shastrata Nishchayadardhya, and also to create in Nishchaya conviction as to what the Shastra is teaching. That Shastra is teaching, the scripture is teaching renunciation. And that renunciation has these two aspects, Karma Yoga and Jnana Yoga. And that is what again what Lord Krishna wants to clarify. And therefore, in several verses now, we find again, a, as many as the five verses, we find the, again, description of Karma Yoga, not description, but praising the Karma Yoga, extolling Karma Yoga. <coughs> so let us go to the verse 56. Sarva Karmanya Pisada, Sarva Karmanya Pisada. Kurvano Madhya Pashraya hai, Kurvano Madhya Pashraya hai, Matprasadadavapnoti, Matprasadadavapnoti, Shashvatam Padamavyayam, Shashvatam Padamavyayam. Sarva Karmani api Sada Kurvanaha, Kurvanaha doing or performing, Sarvakaramani, all the actions. So, not just actions which are conventionally called the actions of worship. Those actions are fine, of course, what we call the worship of God. But Sarvakaramani, any actions, that would mean that our duties, which are supposed, we are supposed to perform, the daily and incidental obligatory duties called Nitya Naimitik Karma, and other actions already performed in our day-to-day activities, the actions that are performed to learn, earn, earn a livelihood. For example, actions that are performed to perform my duty to my family and other people, and actions that I perform to, in my way of duty towards God, all those actions, religious actions as well as secular actions, whatever you perform. <coughs> if all those actions are performed with me as ashraya, as a refuge, so, the one to whom I am the refuge, Lord Krishna says, the one to whom 
I am the refuge while performing all the actions. In fact, Shankaracharya, for whatever reason, says, Pratashiddhaniyapi, even while performing prohibited actions, which nobody is going to perform, but just to extol this, what is to extol here, you know, Mat Prasadadavapnodi, it is by my grace, Shashvatam Padamavyayam, my grace, one gains that pada, that abode, which is Shashvatam Avyayam, Shashvatam eternal, Avyayam immutable, imperishable. So by my grace, one attains that abode which is eternal and imperishable. What is that abode? It's not some place. Taddhama Paramamama. Lord Krishna is that abode. They attain me. So even though Lord Krishna says my abode somewhere, you know, it is not my abode, it is the abode that I am. The sixth case is generally a possessive case or six cases in terms of the relationship, but no, it's, there is no relationship of possessor and possessed. It is the abode that I am. And there were Shashvatam Padamavyam, that Padam or abode that is Shashvatam eternal and which is imperishable, which I am. So Lord Krishna says, I, who is eternal and imperishable. Means that happiness which is eternal and imperishable. So not only we want happiness, but we want happiness that is eternal, everlasting. We don't want the happiness to come to an end. Not only that, but we want happiness that is imperishable, meaning we do not want the happiness to wax and wane. We always want it to be full and complete and forever. So this is happiness that we want. Or that's the freedom that we want. That's the love that we want. This is what we want. I want love or freedom, happiness all the time. And which does not in any way decline. Indeclinable, never-ending, everlasting happiness and freedom and love is what I want. And that is, that is called Krishna, that is God. That's what Krishna means, in fact. So, Krish and Na. Krish in the sense of, so, Satta or Sat or existence. Ana is in the sense of the Ananda. So, Krish Ana means Sat and Ananda, Sadananda. Krishi Bhuvachaka Shraddha, Nasya Nirvati Vachaka, Tayavarikyam Sadananda, Krishna Ityabhidiyate. There is one verse says that, how is the word Krishna derived? One way of understanding that word, that Krish means being, existence. Ana means Ananda or happiness, and Krishna means existence and happiness. So happiness that ever exists, an existence which of the nature of happiness. Sadananda Krishna Hityabhidiyate. So that is called Krishna. And so Lord Krishna says, by my grace, that's most important. What is praised is grace. By my grace. Now the Vedantins have a difficulty in accepting this. Grace is very important. So when you say bhakti, you know, in bhakti of the devotee, if you want to separate bhakti yoga from jnana yoga or other yogas, in one way you can see the distinction is that a bhakta of the devotee is the one who always depends upon God. A yogi is the one who uses his willpower to control his mind, you know. And a bhakta is the one who is totally surrendered to God, who depends upon the grace of the Lord. And therefore, in that bhakti, the surrender becomes very important. In yoga, one's own effort becomes very important. In Vedanta, both of them are important. So Vedanta is reconciled between the two. Yoga and Bhakti. 
Yogais Tvam Prada Pradhanaha. Bhaktais Tat Prada Pradhanaha. Meaning for a yogi, Pradhanyam, the importance is of one's own self. For a bhakta or a devotee, the importance is one of God. And what a good combination will be that karmanyavadikaraste maafale shukadashana that you take the responsibility for your action. In that sense, you use your will properly in terms of taking responsibility. Maafale shukadashana but when it comes to follow the result, then let it be the grace of the Lord. So you use your effort to acquire grace of Lord. Karmanyavadikaraste that is, you, you perform action in a responsible way. Make, use your free will in a responsible way such that it results into acquiring the grace of the Lord. Mat prasadadavapnoti, this is very important. One attains moksha, one attains the ultimate abode, ultimate goal of one's life by the grace of the Lord. How do we secure that grace of the Lord? Mat pramat vyapashra. The one for whom I am the refuge. So when we take the refuge of the Lord, then we acquire His grace. And that's very comfortable, taking refuge into somebody. So being under somebody's protection, I deliver myself at the disposal at the hands of the one to who is my protector. So I look upon Lord as a protector, as a provider, as everything. So, when I look upon Lord as the protector, as a provider, as everything, as a very means as well as a very end, a bhakta, the devotee, is the one who is not even proud of him doing something. He recognizes that whatever he does is also because of the grace of the Lord. That I can utter his name or I can worship him, that is also because of his grace. And therefore, taking refuge into him, while performing the action, what is meant by taking refuge unto him? Recognizing that the action is being performed only because of his grace. That I am able to do what I am able to do on account of the capacity given to me, the opportunity given to me, and the, the knowledge that is given to me. So resources are given to me. Using which resources, resources I am able to do what I am able to do is all given to me by the Lord. So recognition of that grace while performing the action. Or they totally depend upon the Lord. Lord, you make me do this. So this why it is by your it is on account of your grace that I'm able to do something. You are karma adhyaksha. So for a karma yogi, appreciation of Lord in these two ways, karma adhyaksha and karma faladata. Who is karma adhyaksha? One that oversees all the actions. One by whose grace the action is performed. And karma faladata is the one who dispenses or gives the result of action. So, madhvyapashraya, one for whom I am the refuge, and therefore, this karma yoga is the devotee of the Lord. He has this trust of shraddha in the Lord. That, that is, as you said, there is always going to be a fairness, that when I perform an action, there is going to be a fair outcome. <coughs> Swamiji, sometimes the outcome is not fair. I work hard and then I, I find that, you know, there is in, total open injustice. I don't get the remuneration, I don't get the reward in, in you know, in, 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 in keeping with my action. How can you say there is fairness? So, who is a bhakta? 
If you remember, Swamiji would say that human being is in search of the infallible and God is infallible. One way of saying is God is infallible. That is, God never fails me. The Swamiji, God fails me on many occasions. Then, rather than saying that God is infallible, we say that infallible is God. I change my definition of infallible. How about that, you know? So similarly also, to say the result is always in keeping with action. And therefore, rather than judging the result as in keeping with or not keeping with an action, I say that, so I change my definition of what is fair. So rather than judging the result as fair or unfair, I change my definition of fairness, that this is called fairness. I learn something new about what is called fairness. I learn something new about what is called order. Not that I, I have a certain standard of what is fairness and then I judge the thing as fair or unfair. But I accept what God has done as fair and if necessary I make a change in my my definition or my understanding of what fairness is. And then alone I can change, you see. Otherwise I keep on judging God. I keep myself intact as I am and I keep judging other things and I'm dismissing them or, you know, ragadvesha. So keeping my own opinion intact and then judging everything as right and wrong, so what I judge as right, there is an attachment, what is judged as wrong, there is an aversion, and therefore attachment aversions are bound to be there. The only way the attachment aversions will not come is when I'm willing to change my opinion. Well, I guess this is what it must be. So this is called fairness. I learned something new today. Thank you, sir, Lord. So then I got a slap. Is that called fairness? Maybe that's fairness. And so this is a devotee who has taken refuge into Lord, which means that one who accepts God's judgment in every situation. His sankalpa or his will is accepted. My will is surrender to his will. <clears throat> Whatever he says, yes sir. There was a very beautiful short sentence I just read. Attributed to Daat Hamarshal. For all that has been, for all that has been, thank you. To all that shall be, yes. Just remember this. For all that has been, thank you. To all that shall be, yes. And so, if, if I change my definition of thank you now, either I judge what has been to be good, bad or indifferent, or I say that whatever has been, has been in order. Thank you. And rather than uh, to what shall be, rather than judging against that as favorable or unfavorable, Judging that as, thank you, it is favorable. Thus I change my definition of favorable. Rather than judging something is unfavorable. Not easy, but this is, this is a process. This is a process of growth. Otherwise we remain what we are. You know, we may grow in many other ways, but otherwise, to grow spiritually, to grow in my, as I said, in my devotion, this is a process. <coughs> that is why we call it yoga. Yoga is that which brings about an internal change. Yoga hai, chitta vritti nirodha When all the vrittis, all the thoughts have ceased to arise. This kind of negative thoughts of reacting. So when my, my mind does not react, because it is totally comfortable with what it is. 
and that comfort arising from our trust in the fairness of the things, in the grace of the Lord. That does not mean that I become complacent, does not mean that I don't make my effort, I make the effort. But I do not demand that just because I made the effort that I must be rewarded only in a certain way, that I leave it to him. I accept his judgment. Madhvipasya, this is called taking refuge into the Lord. And therefore, the process or the method of acquiring Lord's grace, number one, it is by Lord's grace that one achieves the goal of one's life. And number two, the method of achieving that God's grace is taking refuge unto Him. Meaning, accepting His will, submitting my will to Him. All of this is possible provided our agenda is very clear. This is possible provided my agenda is moksha. If I have any other agenda, there will be a problem. If I have moksha and helicopter also, along with it, that is, moksha also I want and other things also I want then there can be problem. But if all I want is moksha, then there is no problem. It is not easy to nearly only want moksha. That is extremely difficult. But then, as I said, that if agenda in my life is moksha, then alone, then this teaching is wonderful. But we have difficulties with this teaching because naturally we have some other agendas. Natural things are important to us. Moksha is all right, but other things are also important, Swamiji. My image is very important. My popularity is important. Whatever, whatever things it is, they are also very important to us. I should not say they should, I don't want to say that they should not be important. All I am saying is, as long as they are important, we find difficulties with this teaching. This is not practical, Swamiji. Yes, it is not practical. Depends on what I call practical. So we have a small book called the Vedanta in present practical life, you know. Is Vedanta practical? We show that Vedanta is the only thing that is practical. Where do you understand what practical means? Practical is that which helps me or enables me to gain what I want. And if I am clear about what I want, when I don't have the clarity about what I want, then I want, I think that I want certain things, but really what I want is moksha. That becomes clear then, Mat prasadad. So this here Lord Krishna says that karma yoga is a process by which one attains, one secures the grace of the Lord. <coughs> and what is meant by mat taking refuge into Lord, Lord Krishna further explains that the next verse is, Chetasa sarva karmani Chetasa sarva karmani Mai sanyasya matparaha Mai sanyasya matparaha Buddhi yoga mupashritya Buddhi yoga mupashritya Machitta satatam bhava Machitta satatam bhava Chetasa sarva karmani Mai sanyasya Chetasa viveka buddhya, by viveka buddhi. By thinking properly, by discriminative thinking, sarva karmani mai sanyasya, surrendering or offering all the actions to me, 
sanyasya lord krishna sarva karmani sanyasya if you do, we don't know sanskrit properly then sarva karmani sanyasya means just renouncing all the actions no nyas means to to throw to give to offer sanyasya that means offering so chetasa sarva karmani mai sanyasya offering surrendering all the actions to me by chetas by by vivek buddhi what is meant by offering how do you offer my action to god anyway do i what do i do when there is an altar in front of me then i can offer flowers at his feet what do you mean offering my actions to the lord how what do i do with the actions that's the lord is a chetasa vivek buddhya by the vivek buddhi by the understanding that the action is being performed to please the lord the action is being performed by the grace of the lord and may the action be performed so as to please him and this we have discussed a number of times earlier that what do you mean by pleasing god as we say as best as we understand in the universe god appears in the form of an order in the form of an harmony in the form of a certain rhythm of life and therefore action performed in keeping with that rhythm is action which will please the lord because that's the lord and what's the difficulty in performing action in that rhythm is when i have my own agenda so all my personal agenda which is represented by raga and dvesha so attachment and aversion represent my personal agenda and therefore performing action in the rhythm would require me to surrender my attachment and aversion so really surrendering my attachment and aversion is called surrendering action to the god what else is it so rather than my action being motivated by my personal agenda of favoring somebody and hurting somebody else that's what ragadveshas do what the attachments and aversions do is i have an agenda attachment means i want to favor somebody or something aversion means i want to hurt something or somebody and therefore many of my actions are motivated by a desire to favor somebody because i like them because that is important to me because whatever there are certain things in my life that are important to me upon them my security depends upon them my comfort depends and therefore since i want to be comfortable since i want to be secure therefore i want to keep certain things happy pleased and therefore many actions are performed to keep something happy so that i continue to receive its favor and then i am happy and comfortable because my happiness depends upon that and so i have to keep my boss happy or whatever it is whatever it is in authority upon whom my security depends i have to keep them happy and there are others who i want to hurt because i have grudge against them something against them i just hate them don't like them i look upon them as a source of my secure i mean you know so that i am threatened by them and therefore many actions are performed to hurt somebody so actions performed to favor somebody or actions performed to hurt somebody these represent my personal agenda because god doesn't want to favor anybody he doesn't want to hurt anybody samoham sarvabhuteshu navedveshyasya na priyah i am equally above equally present in all the beings and therefore i have no partiality i have no favor to anybody lord krishna says therefore he is equally present in rama as well as ravana in what we call the saint and the sinner is equally present because otherwise he is not equally present the poor sinner cannot survive 
But at that, that sinner also breathes, he also walks, talks, does everything, is because the grace is equally available to him. So I don't judge anybody, Lord Krishna says, they're all my children and therefore they're all equally dear to me. They don't know that, that's their problem. But Lord, it seems that some people are really more favorable to you, they seem to enjoy more of your grace than some others, what about that? That is not because of me, that is because of what they are doing. As son would say, my light is equally available to everybody. And since somebody's house can be dark, and somebody's house can be flooded with light, it depends upon them, if they open the windows, then the light can flood in. Light is equally available to everybody. Therefore, if you find some people enjoying the favor, that is because they opened their heart, the doors of their heart for their grace, and others may not have. But there is no partiality here. And no element has any partiality. Earth element has no partiality. Will give food to anybody. Will send to a sinner. Whoever does it. Earth, water, fires, air, space, sun, moon. No partiality. Equally available to everybody. That's not easy. But this is what it is. That is called freedom from Raghadvesha. Here I immediately get provoked. When somebody who is favorable to me comes and immediately, you know, I am, I, I embrace it with, with, you know, elation. And somebody threatening comes to me, I react with, with aversion, with hatred. And therefore, what is meant by surrendering action to Lord is really surrendering these impulses to Lord, that's all. That means, I do not allow these impulses to control my action, but I allow, I ask, how will God do this? Would he hate somebody? Would he hurt somebody? Because when I am partial to one, I am again hurting somebody. So being, favoring one is indirectly hurting somebody, and hurting one is directly hurting somebody, but both these actions, performed either by attachment or aversion, they are always going to be one-sided actions, meaning that I do not see the whole thing, I see only part of it. And therefore both the actions are going to be hurting actions. So surrendering action to Lord means surrendering my Raga and Dvesha, the impulse of attachment and aversion to Lord, which means that my action is not motivated by attachment and aversion, it is motivated by fairness, by goodness. What do I consider as important a person? What is evident, essential or incidental? Well, I recognize that essentially everybody is good, everybody is fair, and therefore I relate to that. Rather than the incidental where I see some unfairness, some cruelty, whatever it is, it is, un- it is incidental. Chirasa sarva karmani mai sanyasya. This is called surrendering the action to the Lord. <coughs> it's not enough that I say achyutaya namaha and then I, I give a slap to somebody. That's not enough. Achyutaya namaha, when I, 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 I offer my salutation, achyutaya, there is a Lord. That means, then I, I cannot hurt anybody. And therefore the actions will perform out of love and not out of attachment and aversion. This doesn't happen in one day. This is a lifetime process. I mean, all of these that is said sounds very simple. We are all talking about karma yoga, let alone the other things, you know. But this is a very, very important thing to do because this is a process of what we call the inner maturity. The ability to manage one's likes and dislikes, meaning that the ability not to be provoked by a situation. That's all. That's called managing the likes and dislikes. The likes and dislikes have been reduced to such a level that the situations are not capable of provoking me and therefore 
I can always exercise my Viveka Buddhi, all sense of discrimination, that's all. See, what the Ragadveshas do is, they deprive me of my, the benefit of my Viveka or discrimination that I have. I have the wisdom, I have the values, I have a lot of things. But when I am motivated by attachment and aversion, all those things are not available to me. When I am not provoked by attachment and aversion, then my thinking capacity, my objectivity, all of this comes into play, and then I perform a deliberate action. It could be wrong action. But wrongness is, that means I can commit mistakes. But what is important is my intentions are clear. And then I can learn, and I can improve, and that way as far as efficiency or inefficiency outwardly is concerned, there is always a scope for improvement. But what we are talking about here is the, the, the intentions. Not to hurt somebody. As best as possible, to help somebody. It is possible that I may judge that wrongly and the process of helping me hurt somebody. That may, is possible because I may not, in that situation it's possible that what I think would help a person may actually hurt. That's a different matter. But I will learn that, okay, I am meant to help. In fact, it's hurt. Now I will do it differently. My intention is always to help. My <clears throat> sannyasya, surrendering all the actions to me, to fairness, to goodness, to order. <clears throat> What for do I do? Matparaha. Matparaha. And looking upon me basically as the accepting me as ultimate goal. So all of these I am doing for what? So I am offering all my actions to the Lord, to that order, to that harmony for what? So as to become that order, to become that harmony, to, to become that Lord, or to, so Lord is a goal and Lord is a means. So, Matparaha, this is important. Matparaha means, so, Lord Krishna says, I am the Paraha. Aham Vasudeva, Paraha Yasyasaha, Matparaha. The one for whom I, the Lord, is the ultimate goal. Is the most important thing. <coughs> and therefore, for a Karma Yogi who is a devotee, for him, Lord is the ultimate end, and he takes the refuge into the Lord, and while doing that, he offers all his actions also to the Lord. Taking refuge into the Lord, offering all the actions also to the Lord for the purpose of Lord as the ultimate goal. Buddhiyogam upashritya machittaha satatam bhava Buddhiyogam upashritya Resorting to Buddhiyoga. The yoga of buddhi, which is karma yoga. All this was done in the second chapter. Durena Kyavaram Karma Buddhi Yoga Dhananjaya So, that Buddha Vishnaman Vichya Krupanaha Phalahetavaha Buddhi Yoga means Karma Yoga. <coughs> so Lord Krishna also uses the expression Buddhi Yoga for Karma Yoga. <coughs> Buddhi Yoga, the intellect is involved in performing karma with the attitude of yoga. What is that Buddhi? Samatvam yoga uchyade. That's samatva buddhi. Samatva means sameness of the mind. So sameness of the mind while performing action and sameness of the mind while responding to the result of action. What is sameness of the mind while performing action? As you said, performing action not by attachment, motivated by attachment and aversion, but performing action is motivated by desire to, to contribute in the scheme of the Lord. 
However insignificant I may be, but I, I would give my little contribution, you know. That's all. What is important is my desire to contribute. You know the famous story of the squirrel in India. When Lord Rama, with a huge army of monkeys and bears, is building that uh, causeway, you know, across the ocean. To cross the ocean, so the army can cross the ocean, they are building a big causeway in the water. And, and the monkeys and bears are very huge and very powerful and therefore they bring, some of them bring mountain tops and huge trees and big boulders and rocks and they dump them. Of course you must write Rama, Rama, then alone they will float in the That's important. But anyway, they bring these huge things to build that causeway. And here is a little squirrel. She's also a devotee of the Lord and she thinks to herself, hey, what can I do to contribute in this, this task of building the causeway? I'm just a little squirrel. I cannot carry on my back the tree top, tree tops or mountain tops and boulders. I can't do that. How can I contribute into this, this task? But since she, she was devoted and she wanted, she was, she sincerely wanted to contribute something, therefore this thought occurred to her. She went into the water of the ocean and wetted her body. She returned to the beach, that is sand. She rolled in the sand. And because her body was wet, many sand particles stuck to her body. And then she went to this place where this causeway was being built. She again rolled there and deposited the sand particles. Came back to water, collected some sand particles, deposited there. This is what her contribution was. What does it matter what we do? What matters is the intention, the devotion with which we do. Certainly everybody is not capable of carrying boulders on their back. That is true, we accept that. But just because I cannot do what somebody else does, doesn't mean that I cannot do anything. I can do what I can do with the best intention. So squirrel also can have her own contribution. I am not son to illumine the whole world. Although I am a little lamb that illumines one room, or a little altar it can illumine. What is important is that I illumine something. That I spread some little comfort somewhere. That I, I make myself available to be of some use. It is this attitude, it is this spirit that is very important. <clears throat> so it is spirit, buddhi yogam, spirit of offering. That is called yajna. Yajna means the spirit of sacrifice, spirit of offering. Spirit of just being available, helpful, reaching out. Because I feel that I am a privileged person for whatever I am. Swami, I am nothing. I just went to high school. That's all I have now. I don't have anything. Whatever it is that I can do, I can contribute in the scheme of things. Buddha Yoga Mupashatya. And thus, resorting to this yoga, Buddha Yoga, resorting to this spirit. And when the result comes, again, what is Buddha Yoga? Sameness of the mind is accepting it gracefully. As we said, resorting, taking refuge of the Lord. That means when the reward result comes, I accept it gracefully as something that must be all right. Even though I may not see it as all right, I give benefit of doubt to the Lord and accept it gracefully as something that is fair. Machittaha satatamhava He Arjuna always become one whose mind is fixed on me. 
while performing action, let your mind be fixed on me in as much as your performing action is an offering to me. So, naturally, when we do something for somebody, that will be in my mind. Suppose I'm a cook, and I'm cooking for... No, the cook comes to the ashram for cooking for Swami. So the cook always thinks of the Swami. In the corner of the mind, the Swami is always there because when he's adding salt, he remembers, wait a minute, Swami, you only wants a little salt. When he's adding this chili powder, wait a minute, no, no, no. And so, whatever he does, if he cooks at his home, the food will be quite different. It will taste different. It will be red in color, floating in oil, lot of spices, lot of salt. But here he is told again and again and again, what Swamiji likes and that he remembers. He has to remember. And his own likes and dislikes of taking the whole bunch of chili and pudding, he has to restrain that. And it takes a little bit. That is called offering to the Swami. The restraining that is required, the restraining of his impulse of doing it certain thing in a certain way, and doing it in a way which is, which will be liked by the one for whom he is doing, this is called offering. And that's all along restraining my impulses and identifying with the impulse of the one for whom I am doing it. This is a process of identification with God. That's all it is. There are two altars. One is ego, other is God. I have choice of identifying with the ego, which means ragadvesha, attachment, I was in my own personal agenda, or identifying with God. So bhakta is the one, karma yoga is the one, who seeks to identify with the Lord. And while performing action, therefore, Lord is always there in the corner of his mind. And while greeting the situations, which are the results of action, he greets them with grace. He accepts them gracefully, also is given to him by Lord. And therefore, the machitta, his mind is in the Lord while performing action, the mind also is in the Lord while receiving results or while greeting various situations. What is karma phala? What is the result of an action? The situation that I encounter from time to time are the karma phala. That's the result of action. And what an action? What I do to the situation is called action. So that life is nothing but karma and karma phala. What comes to me is karma phala. What I do is called karma. So what comes to me is received as prasad of the Lord. What I do is done in the spirit of offering to the Lord. Therefore, this devotee, this karma yogi all has Lord always in his mind. Mat chittaha satadam he is going to become one for whom I am always, you know, the whose mind is always fixed on me. <coughs> this is meditation. See how karma yoga helps us to become a meditator. For performing karma, in the spirit of yoga, God has to come into picture, otherwise it doesn't become yoga. Jnana also for becoming yoga, God must come. It must be knowledge of Lord, then it becomes yoga. Karma also becomes yoga, it is karma performed for God, then it becomes yoga. <coughs> anything becomes yoga when God comes into the world, because anything becomes a means of joining with the Lord, that's called yoga. Yoga is a means of joining. And whatever becomes a means of joining with the Lord, that becomes yoga. When karma becomes a means of joining with the Lord, becomes karma yoga. Jnanam becomes means of joining with the Lord, because it's called jnana yoga. <coughs> But important is, Machittaha Saratam Bhava. Always fix your mind on me. This is a theme that also is repeated in the Bhagavad Gita. Tasmat Sarveshu Kaleshu Mamanusmara Yudhyacha. 
in the 8th chapter it was said, Therefore, Arjuna, remember me, what? Remember me all the time while performing your duties. Sarveshu kaleshu maamunasma. At all the times, remember me. Yudhyaja, and if necessary, perform your duty also. If you can remember me without performing duty, don't worry about duty. But if you cannot remember me without your duty, then do perform the duty so that you can remember me. The idea is that when we perform an action, then we remember, wait a minute, what's the purpose of purpose? Because when the action is performed, all kinds of things come up from inside. When I'm ready to do something, things come up from inside. My likes and dislikes come up from inside. My demands will come up from inside. My calculating mind also will always calculate what am I going to get. And all of these things that are there will all come up when I am ready to perform an action. Until then everything is very calm and quiet. But when I am ready to exert, immediately mind asks a number of questions. And then I get an opportunity to resolve them. To replace them by the right attitudes. <coughs> so much chitta satam always remember the Lord. As karma adhyaksha, karma phaladata. As the one by whose grace actions are performed. As the one by whose grace the results are also gained. <coughs> so understand karma or action is secondary. Duty also is secondary. What is primary? That it becomes an occasion for me to remember God, to think of Him. To remember His grace. And then to remember Him. His omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. He is the self of all. In that manner, remembering Him. So that remembrance of the Lord is what purifies the mind. Karma doesn't purify the mind. Only God purifies the mind and therefore when he's remembered, that very remembrance is very healing, you know, healing. To heal all the wounds inside. And who doesn't have them? So to heal all the wounds, this is a method of remembering God. <coughs> what happens is, if you can remembering simply by remembering his name, but then the feeling also should come in there and when performing karma, when I give thought to all the aspects that I know all, then it also invokes the right feeling. <coughs> oh Lord, suppose I remember you, so what? What will happen? The verse 58 says that. Machitta sarva durgani, machitta sarva durgani. Mat prasadat tarishyasi, mat prasadat tarishyasi, atachetvamahankarat, atachetvamahankarat, nashroshyasi vinamshyasi, nashroshyasi vinamshyasi. Machitaha. When you become one whose mind is always fixed on me, then what happens? Then the God's grace. Sarva mat prasadat. Saru Durgani Tarishasi. Here you know, Tarishasi. You will cross Saru Durgani, all the obstacles. Mat Prasadat, by my grace. So, what is meant by grace is, that is called grace, they seek becoming favorable. So, we say God's grace means what? When God becomes favorable to me. Anybody's grace. Grace of somebody is what? That person becoming favorable to me. So what is called God's grace? God becoming favorable to me. And when God becomes favorable, everything becomes favorable. Things outside and inside and both this, you know, it becomes favorable. Because God has created all the outer situations also, and God is the creator of all my inner thoughts also, and therefore both of them become favorable. 
That's called prasada. That's called the favor of the Lord. And we require favor. Let us recognize that we do require favor in our life. Again and again we find that our strength is not enough. Again and again we find that we are not strong enough, in fact, to overcome some of our own impulses. Sometimes the impulses of anger and things are so strong that I am become helpless. So again and again I find myself helpless in my life. Helpless with reference to dealing with the outer situation and helpless with reference to dealing with my own mind. I find myself helpless. Like Sita was kidnapped by Ravana. She committed a mistake of being fascinated by and deluded by the golden deer. And they were demanding that deer and sending Rama away behind the deer and sending Lakshmana also away. Otherwise it's okay. Even if Lakshmana was kept with her, the Viveka Buddhi was there, that would have protected her. But then also he sent away. And she becomes just wide open for Ravana, the hydra-headed demon. That means all the fascination for the ten, ten, ten sense organs are there and those corresponding ten sense objects are there. And they're always attracting me. And therefore she falls in the hands of the Ravana. All the temptations for the sense pleasures. And she's kidnapped. Sita stands for the peace of the mind. They is kidnapped and then uh, imprisoned in the Ashoka Vatika by Ravana, surrounded by all the female demons. So this is how I find myself to be kidnapped. My peace of mind being kidnapped, I being surrounded by many demons and I find myself helpless. So therefore, it is also very, you know, it is also necessary for us to recognize our helplessness, if there is. And recognize that it is always there. I'm helpless with reference to sometimes situations outside of me and more than that even helpless with reference to my own mind who sometimes does not cooperate with me. What I require is help. As Swamiji says, it is called intelligent living. To seek help is intelligent living. Who can help? And you must seek help from the one who is able to help and God is one that is capable of helping. And therefore, what is called karma yoga is performing actions in such a manner that God becomes favorable to me because I need his help, I need his grace. Mat prasadat, by my prasada, by my grace, by my becoming favorable to you, Sarudurgani Tarishasi, you will cross all the obstacles. Mainly obstacles are inside, more than outside. The outside world becomes obstacle because there are things inside myself. That is why the outside world becomes an obstacle. The outside world is able to push some buttons here and just provoke me. And that is how I, that is why I think that the world is an obstacle to me. But basically, I lend myself to be provoked. And this is called a favor of the Lord. That slowly and slowly things become favorable. My own mind becomes favorable to me. All those buttons slowly and slowly start disappearing. And I discover that composure in my mind regardless of what the situations are. Meaning that I am able to push my agenda. What is moksha? is agenda under any conditions. <coughs> and that is why. So, mat chittaha sarudurgani mat prasadha By my grace, you will overcome, overcome all the obstacles. <coughs> the obstacles are nothing but this kama, krodha, etc. They are all considered obstacles. They are called shadripavah, the six inner enemies, the lust and anger and greed. So, you will overcome all of them. Naturally, because the ragadvesha, attachment, aversion are the representative of all inner enemies. And as we said, performing action by subduing this impulse of attachment, aversion, 
they get subdued and subdued. So demons, you know the fight going on between the gods and the demons? The demons are being subdued and that's how we recognize the grace of the Lord. Prasada means prasannata. We also discover the cheerfulness or contentedness in our own heart. And so Lord's grace also is acquired in this sense. In terms of favorableness to the situation, also in terms of my mind becoming favorable to me, discovering that cheerfulness and discovering all the good qualities within myself. Samat Prasadat, Sarvurgani, Tarishasi. There are many promises Lord Krishna has given in the Bhagavad Gita, very important things. And this is one of those important promises. Machitta, Sarvurgani, Mat Prasadat, Tarishasi. Do not worry, Arjuna. By my grace, you can cross all the obstacles. Earlier I said, Mat Prasadadavapnodi, Shashvatam, Padamabhyam. By my grace, one attains that Padadabod, which is eternal and imperishable. Now, these are all the statements of scripture, and we are, what is meant by Pramana is to put our faith in this and work with that. Because our faith is being challenged again and again, you know, in, in our life. And when we have such powerful statements and when we have this kind of trust, then it is possible for us to uh, persist with what it is that we are doing. And thus, in short, karma yogi is the one who attains, who gains the grace of the Lord. And that is how he gains the fitness for the knowledge. He gains what we call antahakarnashuddhi, inner purification. And that is how he gains the fitness for seeking the knowledge, gaining the knowledge, and abiding in the knowledge. Understand that even abiding in knowledge also requires a mind free from these disturbances. And therefore, this karma yoga becomes a very important preparation. Sanyasastha mahabaho dukkhamapnam ayogatha Arjuna, without the discipline of karma yoga, sanyasa becomes extremely difficult. And that's what Lord Krishna says subsequently. In next two and a half verses, Arjuna, if you don't listen to me, then the consequences are very dire, there are dire consequences. That also Lord Krishna says to Arjuna, Atachetvam ahankarat nashrosyasi vinangshasi. Because of the ego, if you do not listen to me, you will get destroyed. Now this is something very, you know, first time Lord Krishna says this to Arjuna. So far, Nothing has been told to Arjuna. All positive things are told to Arjuna. But no negative thing is said to him. It is all said in third person. Lord Krishna has said a number of times. Annadbhundi Bhutani Parjanya. No, I mean, yeah, Annasambhava Yajnadhur Parjanya. And before that, Evam Pravartitam Chakram Nanu Vardati Aghayuhu Indriyarama Mogam Pasasa Jivati. That follows the thief, that follows the singer. This kind of thing I have a that fellow. Always somebody else, not Arjuna. But I think now Lord Krishna feels the time has come to make it clear to Arjuna also as to what he should do and what he should not do. Now we say it here, on account of ahankara, on account of ego or pride, if you don't listen to me, and persist upon your insistence that you are going, not going to fight this battle, Vinangshasi, Arjuna, understand that you will get destroyed. Lord Krishna explained that statement. We will continue that in the afternoon. <coughs> Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat <coughs>
ಪೂರ್ಣಸ್ಯ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಾ ಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವಶಿಷ್ಯವೆ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಶಂಕರ ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಕೇಶವ ವಾದರಾಯಣ ಸೂತ್ರಭಾಷ್ಯಂದೇ ಭಗವಂತೋ ಗುರುರಾತ್ಮೇ ಮೂರ್ತಿಭೇದ ವಿಭಾಗಿನೆ ವ್ಯೋಮವ್ಯಾಪ್ತೇಹಾಯ ದಕ್ಷಿಣಮೂರ್ತ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ